Well, Merry Christmas again. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. Christmas is a wonderful time of year, not just because it's a holiday, not just because of all the holiday buzz, because we remember, we remember what happened 2,000 years ago on that very first Christmas. It was the birth of a baby, a very special baby, a baby unlike any other baby ever born, a baby named Jesus Christ. And his birth was announced by angels saying in Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And so Christmas should be a time of giving praise to God for that gift, the gift of Jesus Christ that came to us on that very first Christmas, bringing peace to earth. And yet have we seen peace on earth down through the centuries since Jesus was born? The answer was not yet. Do we see peace on earth in our day? We see wars. We see terrorism. We see mass shootings. We see violence. It doesn't seem like peace to me, does it? So what is going on? Well, today our message is entitled, To Us a Child is Born. And to better understand what happened at the birth of Christ 2,000 years ago, we need to go back, way back to the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, in that paradise in which God created Adam and Eve, there was peace on earth. It was a wonderful place. There was no violence. There was no killing. There was no sin. And yet Adam and Eve, in that perfect place, chose to listen to an alien intruder, a serpent, who whispered a temptation in their ear, and they disobeyed God. And as a result, sin entered into the world and Peace left. Peace with God and peace with other human beings was lost in the fall, in that first sin. And God said to the serpent in Genesis 3.15, you can follow along in the outline. There's a white page in the middle of your bulletin. I'd encourage you to pull it out. It has the verses in the outline written out for you. God said to the serpent, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And so after that happened, after God made that pronouncement, down through the centuries, there was warfare between the children of God and the children of Satan, between the offspring of God, the offspring of the woman, and the offspring of those who followed the evil one. And ultimately, a human child would be born. Prophesied here in Genesis 3.15, a human child would be born of the lineage of Eve who would crush the serpent's head or Satan's head and bring peace once again. And as Calvin mentioned this morning, down through history, as we read through the Old Testament, there are literally hundreds of prophecies of this coming Messiah, this coming Savior who would bring peace to the world. And today we're going to look at just one of these prophecies. It was given by the prophet Isaiah around 700 B.C., about 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. And at that time, Israel had turned its back on God. They were not worshiping the one true God. They were about to be taken into captivity by the reigning world power by Assyria. Because of all their sin, God's judgment was going to fall upon them. The people of Israel, the Bible tells us at that time, were consulting spiritists and mediums. 
people who are trying to communicate with the dad to find out what's going to happen in the future. Things that God had specifically prohibited his people from doing. Isaiah himself, Isaiah the prophet, would ultimately be martyred by being sawn in two by a wicked king. And yet in this dire time in the history of the nation of Israel, Isaiah looked ahead into the distant future by the Spirit of God. And he foresaw that the current distress, the current gloom, the current despair that was all around him would one day be gone. He saw something wonderful happening, something that would bring peace back into the world, the peace that had been lost since the fall in the Garden of Eden. And in visions of the Spirit, he saw something wonderful happening. He saw the birth of a child. A child being born to a virgin. Something unheard of in the history of the world. The child prophesied back in Genesis chapter 3. A child who would be different than any other child. A child who would bring peace. A child who would change the world. Who would turn the world back right side up again. A child who would restore paradise. And this child would bring peace. Peace between man and God and peace between men on earth. I'd like us to watch a, a short video clip about this child who was to come called I Came. And so at the right time, Jesus Christ was born. And so Isaiah, looking down through the centuries by the Spirit of God, saw that change was coming. Now Isaiah wouldn't see what he was prophesying in his lifetime. He wouldn't see the result. He died a martyr's death. The world wouldn't see the change that Isaiah saw. Wouldn't even see the change begin until 700 years later. But the words that Isaiah prophesied brought hope to those who believed in his time and they bring hope in those of us who believe now. Isaiah saw that the gloom of the present day would be banished, would be done away with. We're going to look at a passage in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. And so the day that Isaiah saw, a day coming in the future, a day he saw by the Spirit that the gloom that he was facing in his time would be done away with because hope was coming. And verse 1 tells us about the hope that would come out by Galilee by the sea. And now looking back, we know that Jesus did most of his ministry in Galilee. That was the region that would bring the blessing. That was the region that would bring the peace that Isaiah saw coming. The change that would be coming would be as a great light appearing. Verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a, a light has dawned. And so since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, there's been a darkness, a, a shroud that has covered this earth. People have been living in the shadow of darkness, in the shadow of death. Death has been something to be feared. 
Not only has life been full of darkness, but eternity without God is a terrible, frightening place. But that was going to change. Isaiah saw that a light was coming. A new day was coming. Something was going to change. Something was going to drive away the darkness. And in that day, when light is dawned, the joy of the people would greatly increase. Verse 3, Isaiah prophesies, You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. And so with this coming change, with this, as we'll see, baby being born, the nation of Israel would be enlarged. What does that mean? Well, the salvation that was going to be brought by Jesus Christ would be not only for the Jews, it would be for the Gentiles. And Jews plus Gentiles equals everybody. It would be for the whole world. Everyone would be eligible for salvation through Jesus Christ. And so there was a harvest of souls coming that was going to be far greater than the number of believers ever in Israel. And so there would be rejoicing that would be in the hearts of everyone who welcomed this Messiah, who understood who he truly was. Oppression would be broken. Verse 4, for as in the day of Midian's defeats, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. What was Midian's defeat? Well, we have to go back to the Old Testament in which this huge army of Midian was coming against Israel, a number uh, army so great it could not be numbered. And Gideon and his 300 men, following God's instruction, defeated this huge army, this oppressing army, with a decisive victory. And in the same way, as Gideon with this small number of men defeated this huge army, the coming Messiah would shatter the yoke of sin, would shatter the oppression of Satan that kept people in bondage. He would set people free from slavery. Not only would oppression be broken, but wars will cease. Verse 5, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. And so in other words, as he looked down through history, the prophet Isaiah saw a time when the, when the clothing, the garb, the very weapons of warfare would be destroyed. For with the coming of the Messiah, there would be no need for war or conflict. All such things would be burned in fire as the wars between people ceased. And so the prophet Isaiah saw great changes coming in the future when the Messiah arrived. Now, as we're going to see in a few minutes, the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about the birth of a baby, a baby who would be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And when this baby was born, he would be Emmanuel. God with us, a baby both fully human and fully God, the awaited Messiah, a baby unlike any other baby. And so at Jesus' birth, the angels rejoiced in the skies, unlike the birth of any other child ever in the history of the world. They rejoiced because the kingdom of God had broken into our world in a powerful dynamic in a way that had never happened before. And Jesus lived his life, this Messiah lived his life, demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God to bring healing to those who were sick, to bring release to those who were in bondage to Satan, to bring 
forgiveness for sin. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead, decisively defeating Satan, the one who held mankind in bondage through sin. And Jesus brought joy, and he broke the bondage of sin over the lives of every person who would put their trust and hope in Jesus Christ. And so in the kingdom of God today, in the kingdom of God has been entered into by every person who is a believer, there is peace. We find peace in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is no war. There is no oppression. There is no bondage. There is no darkness. It's a kingdom of light. And yet, we do not see the kingdom of God ruling all of the earth, do we? It rules in the lives of believers, but we do not see it ruling everywhere. And so the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan are at war. And that's why we see what we do see in our world today. That is why wars and oppression have not ceased on this planet. So what of Isaiah's prophecy? When is it going to come to pass? Well, Isaiah saw down through history, he saw the first coming of Jesus Christ, this baby being born. And he saw beyond that. He saw to a time when Jesus Christ would rule and reign. And all of these things, peace would be universal. At the second coming of Christ. And so we stand now in the middle between the first and the second comings. We look back and we know that the baby has been born. We know that the sacrifice has been made, the price has been paid, and Jesus rules and reigns in heaven, and yet he awaits a time when he'll come again. And at that second coming of Jesus, the kingdom of darkness will be banished from this earth. And peace will reign supreme. And that is our hope. That is what we look forward to. Isaiah now goes on to explain how this change is going to happen he saw that a child would be born. Verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And so you would think the change that he foresaw would come with a conquering king riding in on a white horse. Defeating all of his enemies. And in fact, that's what many of the Jews thought the Messiah was going to, how he was going to come. And yet... They overlooked this birth. The change he foresaw would begin with the birth of a baby. The birth of a baby boy. A baby designed to become king with the weight of the government of the world upon his shoulders. And this baby would be a gift from God the Father himself. A gift that would reverse the curse that was unleashed in the Garden of Eden. A baby who would bring one day lasting peace to our world. The prophet Isaiah then gives us four titles that describe who this baby would be. Who Jesus would be. He will be called, first of all, Wonderful Counselor. This baby would encompass all of the wisdom of God. He would be a counselor. He would be a wonderful counselor. He would be a, a counselor par excellence. No one had ever been like him, displaying all of the wisdom of God. His words and example would be a guide for all humanity to follow. 
to look to, to how we should live life, how we should speak, how we should act, what we should do. And when Jesus ascended into heaven after he rose from the dead, he sent another counselor, the very spirit of Jesus, who indwells each and every believer and brings into our lives the very wisdom of God. Not only would this baby be called Wonderful Counselor, he's also called Mighty God. Now obviously a baby being born to a human mother was fully human, and so Jesus was fully human. And yet this second title given in this prophetic word is of Mighty God, and so this baby to be born was God in the flesh. And so Jesus was God, he is God, he always will be God. He is mighty God. And for him, nothing is impossible because he is God Almighty. He is also the everlasting Father. The baby Jesus was the everlasting Father. We learned in our lesson before service this morning that Jesus existed before time began. He was in the beginning with God. He was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. He is eternally with God. He's always existed. There's never been a time when Jesus didn't exist. He didn't come into existence on that first Christmas night. Oh yes, he was born as a baby, but he existed in heaven for ages past. He's always been one with the Father from eternity to eternity. As Jesus said in his earthly ministry, he said, I and the Father are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. They were a unity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the eternal trinity. And finally, the prophet Isaiah gives Jesus the title Prince of Peace. That is what Jesus came to this earth to bring. To bring to humanity peace. Since the fall... We talked about in the Garden of Eden, mankind has been in rebellion against God, in war with God due to its sin. And Jesus could have came to this world to destroy each and every sinner, but that's not why he came. He didn't come to destroy the world. He came to redeem the world, to save the world, to save the lost. He didn't come to wage war against people. He came to bring peace. Peace between man and God and peace between people. And so for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those who ask him to forgive their sins and give them eternal life, they find peace. You can have peace here and now in this life through Jesus Christ. Peace with God and peace with those in the family of God. And believers then... When we find that peace, we become peacemakers. We are to share God's peace with those who do not have his peace in their lives as we follow the Prince of Peace. Now, this baby that was going to be born, as we already can discern, was not going to just live life for a period of time and die like every other human baby. He was eternal. He was going to reign forever. Verse 7, the last verse in this prophecy, says, Of the increase of his government, speaking of this child who was to be born, and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, 
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so the government, the peace of this baby, of this child, of the Messiah would continue to increase forever. The reign of Jesus and his peace are related together intimately. There's only peace in this world for those who submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in their own lives. Those who do not bend the knee to Jesus will not experience his peace in this life or in the next. That is the requirement to have peace in your life with God. It says in this ver these verses that Jesus would be from the lineage of, of David and his kingdom would be characterized by justice and righteousness forever. Where Jesus rules, there is justice and righteousness. And these prophecies, these promises of the coming Messiah are not conditional. You know, many promises are conditional. If we do this, then God's going to do that. And if we don't do it, then it's not going to happen. This is not a conditional promise. It's not conditional on anything that we must do. The verse ends by saying the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God is going to do it. It is sure. It is going to happen without question. He will bring everything in this prophecy to pass. And so everything that Isaiah has prophesied has been initiated through the earthly ministry of Jesus. And after he was crucified on the cross, three days he laid in the tomb. He rose from the dead. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven, and he now waits. He's waiting in heaven for the Father's word to send him back to the earth for the second time. And in the meantime, those who are believers in Jesus, we enjoy many of the blessings that Isaiah prophesied about as we follow God and follow Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. In our mission, the reason we're still here on this earth is to expand that kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God, and to raid the kingdom of darkness, to expand the peace that Jesus brought to us so that those who do not yet experience that peace can have it in their own lives. We can see from these seven verses of this prophecy in Isaiah that the peace that Jesus came to bring, that peace shows us that there are not many ways to God. This Messiah, this Jesus Christ, this child who is born is God, and he is the only way to have a relationship with God. There is one and only one wonderful counselor. There is one and only one mighty God. There is one and only one everlasting Father. There is one and only one Prince of Peace. And so the God that we worship, the God revealed to us in and through Jesus Christ, he's not the same God that other religions worship. We don't worship the same God. All other religions worship false gods. They worship, the Bible tells us, demonic spirits that are that have the aim to keep people in gloom, to keep people in the shadow of death, to keep people without hope in their lives. And so our goal as believers is to expand God's kingdom through his church. The Bible tells us that as we do that, we hasten the day of his coming. 
we hasten the day that he's going to come back. And so at his return, at the second coming of this Messiah, of this baby that was born 2,000 years ago, he's going to assume absolute control. The Bible tells us that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And those who have believed in this life, those who have bowed their knee, when they're still alive, will rule and reign with their Messiah forever in this kingdom of God. And those who reject the lordship of Jesus Christ in this life, who do not bow their knee and acknowledge him as their Lord and Savior, will spend eternity in a place called hell where there is no peace at all, where there is no respite from torment. And so that's what Christmas is all about, the birth of this incredible child, this birth of this baby destined to rule the universe as Lord of lords and King of kings. And the blessings of his kingdom are now available to everyone who puts their trust and faith in him. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. He came to bring peace to our hearts and to bring peace to our world. He's the only way to God the Father. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to God. And if you don't know him this Christmas as your Savior and Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your heart to him in a minute. And if you are a believer this morning, if you know him as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray in a minute that God would use us in the new year to expand his kingdom in St. Louis and around the world, that many more would find peace with God as they become part of his kingdom. And so this morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, if you're not sure what would happen to you if Jesus came back today, here's how to become a believer in Jesus Christ. First of all, you need to admit that you've sinned, that you've done wrong. The Bible says all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Every person here has sinned, but we need to admit that we've done wrong, that we cannot have a relationship with God because of our sin. Secondly, we need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus Christ, this baby who was born 2,000 years ago, was God himself. That when he died on the cross, he took our sins upon himself. He paid the price that we might be forgiven, that we might have a relationship with God, that we might have peace with God. We need to believe in him in Jesus Christ, and commit our lives to following Him as our Lord and Savior in this life and throughout eternity. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads right now. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. I'd encourage you, if you've never prayed a prayer like this before, or you're not sure, or maybe you've prayed in the past, but you'd like to, to recommit your life to Him this Christmas, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. You can just pray in your mind. God knows what you're thinking. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I've been living my life the way I wanted to, not the way you want me to. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. I don't totally understand it, but I ask you to forgive me for the wrong things that I've done. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior as best I can. 
I want your peace in my life. I want to spend eternity with you. Thank you. And for those of us who are believers this morning, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for these prophecies of Isaiah that were given hundreds of years before Jesus was born on that first Christmas. They show us the supernatural nature of your word and they give us hope. Hope for the future that you foresaw through the Holy Spirit. And even though we do not see peace across our entire world, we do see you bringing peace to our hearts. We do see you bringing peace to our lives. We do see you bringing peace in the life of every person who becomes a believer in Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the return of Jesus Christ to utterly defeat wickedness, to utterly defeat darkness, and to bring his kingdom in power. Help us as we live in this in-between time, between the first and second comings. Help us to work with all our might to see many more people saved and transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Grip our hearts, God, with a, a passion, with a, a priority of advancing your kingdom to the people around us that we know do not have your peace in their lives. Use us, God, in our church to reach those who are still lost in the darkness of sin. We thank you, God, for the promise and the opportunity of the new year. We look forward to 2016, God, with courage. We look forward to 2016 with hope because you rule and reign and you have wonderful things that you're going to do in and through us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.